Aloha. Hi. How's Schmodcast. it? It's a podcast. It's a Schmodcast podcast. I think you switched up the words there a little bit. We used to say podcast called Schmodcast. You know, we probably did. That's the uh, remix. there's no way to know. There's no way to know, it's Rebecca. It's impossible. We definitely can't just <laughs> listen to an old episode and find out. Nope. Welcome to episode 21, titled Andadasi. Andadasi. <laughs> I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. This is a podcast that's just two PLPs looking at fish. Oh, I got so excited when I saw the outline that you Cruise Direct put together for me. Yay! God, I love the ocean. I know you do. And I realized since we're going scuba diving... This weekend, aka tomorrow, <gasps> yes, it's a great day to talk about Andadasi. Andadasi. <laughs> <laughs> so our little intro question for you today um, is: Let's talk about scuba diving. How did we come about it? What do we like about it? What are we excited? about for scuba diving tomorrow you want to go first sure i think uh, because i've been diving longer we'll tell this order they'll tell this chronologically Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. um much like i get into a lot of things i was attracted to scuba because it is very technical and you can't Mm. just do it you can't just be like oh willy-nilly i'm gonna go like fly a kite Mm -hmm. no 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 you're gonna take a class or if you're on vacation and you want to scuba there's like usually a pool thing at the at the beginning where you have to like you have to do some kind of training and i really i really like because there's a risk of death or serious harm yeah or that you could just be surprised you're claustrophobic and you didn't know it and that's gonna bother you discomfort high level of discomfort you might have some like Ear inner ear problems that you didn't know about Ooh. that you gotta just you gotta test that out. Maybe your ears aren't great. Yeah. Uh, so unlike most people, most people get into scuba by going to somewhere like Bahamas or somewhere beautiful, and then they're like, "I'm gonna do a scuba," and then they discover mm-hmm. the fish under the water and they love it. I lived in the middle of Texas and knew I liked the water, and I I'd, I'd been on a lot of trips. That involved me going to the ocean and doing ocean things like fishing and surfing. And I'd done some snorkeling. I love swimming in the ocean. But I was always looking for, like, what's the other thing that's going to bring me to the ocean? Mm -hmm. So I found scuba in the middle of Dallas, Texas, a small scuba (laughs) shop. Mm -hmm. And I I still do not know why I thought this was the regular way to do it. But I, like, signed up for a certification course with a friend and took, like, six weeks of class that involved, like, pool trainings and all kinds of stuff after work and and then got certified in, like, a very murky lake in Fort Worth, Texas, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, Possum mm -hmm. Kingdom, if anybody's interested. To be... Clear, pun intended, uh, the lake was not likely murkier than other lakes in Texas, just it was a lake in Texas, so it was murky. Yeah, it was not the ocean, and it was not <laughs> not the things that people, when you yeah, Google, like yeah. go, Google right now, just while you're listening, assuming go, you're not Google driving, this. Google scuba image, image search it on Google, and oh, you'll see clear, blue, stunning, blue, there's reefs, there's coral, there's yes. octopus, there's sharks. No. There's rays of light coming from nature down into the water. Yes. My final certification dive was so – the visibility was so bad that they had to drop a line for us to descend holding the line because you couldn't see no! your hand in front of your face. Oh, dear. Yep. So um, – but I still liked it because I like being in the water and I, I really liked learning things. And it ended up being helpful mm-hmm. because um, now when we're – we're scuba diving in our almost perfect conditions. If there is a little current or something uncomfortable, I've already had like what would be considered like traumatic scuba experiences because I, I yeah, had to deal with like all less stressful. gear and whatever. Anyway, so I think it was a few years later before I actually did a scuba dive in the ocean, albeit Galveston, um, but still counts, still counts, everybody it still counts. And that's where I was like, Oh my goodness, this is, this is amazing. And then it was several mm-hmm. years later that I went scuba diving in Hawaii, actually on this island, off similar to where we're going to go tomorrow, probably. And um, the water visibility was so perfect. The reef was so happy. It was basically finding Nemo in real life. And I heard humpback whale songs in the distance. <sighs> and I came back and told Rachel that I saw God. 
Like that mm-hmm. is where God lives for me at least. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I think maybe just a few months later, I was like, happy birthday, Rachel. I bought you scuba diving <laughs> lessons. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I came into scuba. Um, I am not comfortable in the ocean. Didn't know that and when I bought that present, by the way. I don't, I don't think I knew that when you bought me that present either. Um, and it's not just because I grew up in Kansas and like didn't even see the ocean until I was a young adult. Um, I am like inordinately afraid of sharks. Mm. Um, I thought there were sharks in my public swimming pool in Kansas and mm-hmm. was terribly afraid of that. And, um, and also I'm, I'm over that by the way, not like a hundred percent over that, mm-hmm. but like a yeah. lot we've, we've scubaed with sharks and they're beautiful. Isn't it? And um, isn't it just like so relieving to see them not give a shit about you at all? They, they just do not, swim right by like kind of a wink and then they're gone. And every few months, there's another story about like someone getting bit by a shark in Hawaii. Yeah. Yep. But it's they're usually okay, not always, but they're usually okay. But anyway, besides the sharks, um, <laughs> I went snorkeling once in the Red Sea off of Aqaba, Jordan, and I was like, I don't know how anybody breathes in these masks. I don't know why this is fun for anyone. I will never, ever be able to dive under the water. And then my platonic life partner got me scuba diving lessons. And I was like, let's do this. <laughs> so um, I I was, it was like the nicest gift. And I didn't want to ruin it by sucking. And yeah. so I, I also got certified in lakes. But my lake was in Virginia. Oh, and it was in um, November. Also known as it was cold as shit (laughs) in Virginia. And I saw one fish in that fucking lake and I was like, oh, my God, a fish. Magic. This is amazing. (laughs) But I was like panic breathing the whole time and couldn't figure out how to be buoyant. But basically, it's taken a little time and much better conditions. And one trip to Zanzibar when I went scuba diving by myself without Rebecca Mm -hmm. for me to realize I really do like it. I like being under the water. I like that. You know what I think? I think this is part of how I've discovered that I have undiagnosed ADHD Mm -hmm. because um, it is an environment that is very difficult. Um, If if you're having trouble focusing that day or relaxing or you have Mm -hmm. any kind of anxiety, which I can't always control. Um, like we don't get into the water unless the conditions are correct for scuba diving. Yep. But it's hard for me to know where whether my inner conditions are correct yep. that day or not. Mm-hmm. And when I went to Zanzibar, I signed up for this scuba and um, the scuba instructor was like, hey, you haven't been for a while, so you need to come early and go to the pool and um, like practice your skills or whatever. And in the like 15 minutes that we were underwater in the pool, I was like, why the hell am I doing this? I hate this. I am not doing this. I am not doing this. I am not doing this. I am not going to go do this tomorrow. I am not going to go do it. And then I I went ahead and did it anyway, and it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> my, my instructor was so helpful and calm and just like, he was like, hey, we're going to go have fun. And if you're not having fun, we're going to stop. Yeah. I When you shared that story back to me, I I remember being like, that is like, such a good mantra if for all of these mm-hmm. things that we're doing, but especially for scuba, because it is, mm-hmm. there's a lot of technical pieces to it. There's a lot of stuff that makes it uncomfortable, but the whole point of it is to have fun. And if it's not yeah. fun, it's just the universe saying, that's not the day for you. Yeah. Well, in just the same way that when I ever, when I first snorkeled and I was like, I will never dive underwater when I snorkel. And now I do all the time. Um, now I'm scuba diving and I'm saying, I will never go below 60 feet because that's the level at which you could just, if you had to, you could mm-hmm. just come right back up to the surface. Who cares? Like, yeah. they made us do all this testing during certification. Like, what to do if your, like, mask fills with water or your, like, mm-hmm. tank runs out of air or, like, all these different crises. And I was like, I'm always going to be a, at a depth at which if it was an actual life or death emergency, I would just go straight to the surface, which is not, like, advised, but I would be okay. Right. Like, I would survive it. Um, and now I'm like, I don't know, I'm really enjoying this. Maybe we will eventually become like deeper divers or something. 
Yeah, maybe we will. I, and that just for anybody who's wondering, if you've ever heard of the bin, the bins or like decompression syndrome, yeah. that's what Rachel's talking about. It yeah. has to do with the massive pressure changes. And if you do it too rapidly, your, um, your tissues have too much nitrogen in them yeah. and you get sick, like really you sick. Have, you have to spend a little time at a, at, depending on how deep you were for how long, you have to spend a little time off gassing. Yep. And that does not mean farting, everybody. It doesn't mean farting. But you can use that as like a euphemism in your own life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Well, I'm super excited to scuba with you tomorrow. And um, that is the reason for our title, Under the Sea. I also thought Under the Sea sort of, it also kind of um, is a good metaphor for how I feel about how our move is going, which is that we are moved, we are settled, and um, I still feel like I'm under piles of stuff mm. that I haven't decided where and how to unpack yet. Meanwhile, just it, this is perfect because wh- how I feel under the sea or under the sea is how I feel when I walk <laughs> around the house. Yeah, I love this yeah. house so much, and I don't notice the the piles in the same way that you do. I just happily move around them metaphor yeah yeah because both with our like piles around the mount the house and with scuba diving rebecca's like la 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 look at that wasn't that pretty and rachel's like this needs to get done and where is that and why did anybody do this and i checked my my air pressure lately yeah is that a shark yeah (laughs) amazing i'm so chill i'm super chill 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 the chillest yeah so if you're a new listener that's all you need to know is that i'm very chill (laughs) and let's get into some connects and corrects shall we let's do it let's do okay so something we learned recently from uh, some of our listeners is that occasionally one of our voices is louder than the other and it makes you adjust your volume uh thank you so much for letting us know i will let our producers aka me know that they need to get better at Mm -hmm. the way we adjust the volume when we edit the show yeah i can't wait thank you for being our sound engineer by the way this is full-blown amateur hour over here because (laughs) as we may have told some of you in our very first episodes it turns out anyone can make a podcast uh which means there's no quality assurance yeah but we're getting better sort of right we're getting better i don't know if we're getting better but we're getting more feedback, which is going to help. That's going to help us get better. People, you got to mm-hmm. give us the feedback so we can get better because we're we obviously not going to do it on our own. Yeah. Um, we have a lot, a lot of connect and correct material uh, to process about Bob Dylan and mm. about We Are the World. Um, so stay tuned for that, though, because we are not prepared to do that full debrief right now. So sorry if that's like why you were tuning in this week. Um <laughs> We got a lot of great new input from our elders, and we're going to share it when we can do it properly. But this week, no can. Mm. Can't do it. Yeah. That's coming soon. That's a fun one. That's a teaser. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We also learned a really important new phrase sort of related to the Bob Dylan We Are the World content that's coming soon as part of our our teaser trailer. Uh, Our important new phrase from Uncle Tim is, it's not a criticism, it just hurt my feelings. Mm. <laughs> I think that's actually a really good phrase. Mm-hmm. It it is, unless you don't like hurting people's feelings. I just it just reminds me of how he hurt his feelings. Well, but but that's where like I think in a loving, mature relationship, we need to be able to let the other person know when you're saying. I'm not actually asking you to do anything differently, and I don't think you did anything wrong. What I'm informing you of is that my sweet baby feelings were hurt. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I maybe am acting defensive or Mm -hmm. uncomfortable with what just happened. I'm not telling you you did something wrong. I'm I'm informing you as a person I love that I care about that my feelings have been hurt. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a really nice way to look at it. It also reminds me, and and I don't know if if everyone knows how funny Uncle Tim is, but his delivery oh. was it, it 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 softened the blow for me because it was <laughs> so funny the way he said it. it was like it's not yeah. a criticism, it just hurt my feelings. 
<laughs> but I, I wrote this down and I'm sharing it now because I think it's really applicable to other parts of our lives. I really I like this sentiment and I want to yeah. use it more. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a, not a familect, yeah. but kind of like a family. Let's add it to yeah. our repertoire. I love it. This is not a criticism. It just hurt my feelings. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's a keeper. Well, we also have another um, connect and correct from Uncle Tim's beloved, Uncle Mark. Um, did you know that maybe the ozone layer, hole, the hole in the ozone layer is not shrinking? Like maybe the hole in the ozone layer is actually getting worser and worser and worser? I'm really sad because wasn't it like episode one? That I think we, probably episode one. We proclaimed yeah. That it was, it was, was fixed. Like, we fixed it in one year, everybody. Know? Did you know it's fine? Well, it's not fine. And I'm still a little bit confused because he shared with me this article from the Associated Press from October 2022. So very recent mm-hmm. titled Ozone Hole Grows This Year, but Still Shrinking in General. Okay. And in my, in my non-scientist reading of the article... I found it confusing. Basically, this past October, the hole in the ozone layer peaked. It was the largest it had been since 2015. Okay. But. It's still smaller it's than 20 years ago. Yeah. And so the what's confusing and tough to understand is that many of the chemicals that damage the ozone layer actually last for many decades. Mm-hmm. And certain chemical levels are down compared to their peak 20 years ago and it's combined with like while cool temperatures where like if those if those chemical levels had been up at the same time that the cool tempers, temperatures happened it would have been really bad it would have made the hole even bigger okay yep 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 okay so it's been three years straight that the ozone hole has been peaking at more than 24.8 million square kilometers. So this is unusual. And the scientists are like, we need to look at this more. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that other massive climate events like the uh, fires in Australia and an injection of massive amounts of water from January's undersea volcano eruption are new phenomena that could impact the ozone layer. So all of this, connect and correct, is just to say, when we said that the ozone layer is doing fine, it's probably not actually doing fine. And we don't really know how it is doing. That's what it sounds like to me. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess um, just definitely don't use Aquanet. We know that. No CFCs. Do not. Yes. Don't. Don't use that. Limit your aerosols. And maybe don't. Don't start any forest fires. That seems like a big don't one. Don't start forest fires. Don't do that. I don't care about your gender reveal parties. We are Please not stop that. Fires. Please stop doing forest fire gender reveal parties. Just stop doing gender reveal parties in general. We yeah. can talk about that another time, but it's it's bull hockey. <laughs> Send a tasteful text. That's how I want to find out. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. And then just, I think, pray. I think that's that's one. We just need Everybody to- pray. Yeah collectively and then maybe that'll help maybe we're gonna do a deep dive later in the future about this yeah yeah (laughs) pray the ozone hole away yep (sighs) wow okay it's time time for hot tops i know this no in a good way in such a good way because we've been we've been skimping on them lately because we had to get to our hot tops we've been busy i'm glad we got to unpack we've also been talking a lot about chickens and we have no chicken chat for you today people so unless that's your hot top rebecca nope it's not it's not chicken related or chicken peripheral i don't yeah, I don't think I'm even going to use no the chickens. C word the whole time. Yeah, I think we're safe. Amazing. <laughs> Would you like to do your hot top first this time? Sure. I'd be happy to. Okay. Cool. So one of the things I wanted to start with is for everyone's benefit, we have a family word for you, which is pretty feet. 
Oh, pretty feet. Yeah, this this started as just something <laughs> stupid that Rachel and I used to do. When we were like excited to tell the other one something, we would just kind of, it. it's like in your whole body that you're excited. So you would like point your feet and your toes and, and just kind of like do like a little ballet sort of like, move. You would, you would like turn your eyes down and your face down in this like demure mm-hmm. sort of like oldie timey way and also point one of your feet at Pretty the ground feet. like a little ballerina. Yeah. Yep. And you would sort of tap your toe in a really mm-hmm. sweet way as if to say, mm-hmm. I'm excited, but I'm controlling it. But I want to <laughs> tell you something, whatever the thing is. And then maybe mm-hmm. it's like, I have Diet Coke. Like it's never like a huge deal. <laughs> that's that's a family act from us to you. Pretty feet. Mm-hmm. I Pretty hope someday feet. you get to see it in action. Try it out yourselves. Try but that it. got me thinking about feet. And what I wanted to talk about is reflexology. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is so good. Okay. One little sidebar. I wanted to make sure what your hot top was before I interjected this, that the phrase pretty feet also comes from the hit TLC television series, Toddlers and Tiaras. Mm -hmm. So if you have not seen that, I highly encourage you to watch Toddlers and Tiaras. You'll learn about young children in beauty pageants and how they were encouraged (laughs) to make pretty feet it's an actual thing for for children's beauty pageants okay anyway i go actually ahead. forgot that that's where that came that's from. that's where it comes so I'm from so pretty glad feet. you said yeah. that pretty feet this is why we're a team this is why we're oh, a team. it's so good yeah now we have to watch toddlers and tiaras tonight i okay. know i know okay so much to do everybody so listen up similar to um astrology and spiritual bypassing in the past we've we've done a, and am i like incense as a way to heal yourself i'm mm. really interested in like the intersection of observable facts and things that we call science and just like hokey pokey schmokey some of the like religion thing like mm-hmm. things that you just can't easily explain and right on that border so there's a little bit of a theme for me mm. and just like in body general, work yes and like yeah. some of it might be like not quote unquote not real and some of it might be mm-hmm. but there's a there's a reason behind why so many people buy into it. And so mm-hmm. reflexology is one of those things. It is considered pseudoscientific. And so mm. I did a little deep dive on it for you, Rachel. Okay. Um, I hope you are ready. So first, I'm so ready. Reflexology is defined as gentle manipulation or pressing on certain parts of the foot to produce an effect elsewhere in the body. Mm. Now, some people also do reflexology on their hands as well as their ears, mm. but we're talking about feet today. Okay, it's just feet. pretty feet. That's all we're doing. Mm. And ugly feet. Ugly feet can do reflexology. Uh, you know, I think all feet can be pretty. Well, yes. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. And so when we talk about the history of reflexology, there's um, there's a lot of it, actually. There's like a ton, a ton, a ton. So it goes all the way back to like 12,000 BC when the Incas in Latin America were believed to have used reflexology. There's also – then they, they allegedly like handed it down to Native American tribes all the way through the 17th century, still using it in their cultures even today in some aspects. Asia, um, all the way back to 5000 BC, they have like medical writings documenting pressure point techniques, which then like Chinese physicians use that similar concept for acupuncture and shiatsu. Those are all related Mm. to like modern day reflexology. There's also um, some like Taoists and some Buddhist monks are attributed with like spreading reflexology internationally because they Mm. also use some of these techniques as they were traveling the globe. There's even this like really cool hieroglyphics in Egypt where there's like people sitting down and there's like a physician rubbing someone's foot and the hieroglyphs say the patient's like, please don't hurt me. And then the physician's like, I will work so that you shall praise me. So all the way back to Egypt times, which I'm like, I don't think that's why the physician should have been a physician, just like a side criticism. But in general, (laughs) he's, he's pulling on the toes. And he's talking about reflexology. And it, oh. it's something really fascinating to me that even though it's considered a pseudoscience, and we'll get into some modern criticisms in a second, I think the idea of like multiple discovery or otherwise known as like convergent evolution, this idea that all around the world, people are 
are coming to the same conclusion that this mm-hmm. thing is helpful mm-hmm. or good. And you see it across epics of time. Yes. Like there's something to it. So we shouldn't thumb yeah. our noses like at reflexology. Same- so convergent evolution includes like someone in a place completely unrelated to someone in a totally different place where they had no contact with, between civilizations. They came up with the same mathematical principle at the same time. Exactly. Or sometimes not okay. at the same time, but, but yes, but like independent just before their of civilizations, each other. Yeah. Ever connected with exactly. each other. That's convergent evolution. Okay. Yes. We see the same thing with astronomy and like ways of explaining mm-hmm. like the known universe, whether or not the earth is round. There's like been mm-hmm. just so many different examples. And, and that's something that I've always found really fascinating. And one of the ways that I personally accept things that I wouldn't otherwise is that convergent evolution, there's, it's, it's, it is like way beyond preponderance of evidence, right? Like this is overwhelmingly a truth, at least by like our current understanding. And so ref- reflexology actually lives in that shelf. Cool. And, and not just foot fetish people. It's like, no, actually there's for healing. It's for healing. Okay. So, uh, it was introduced to the United States in 1913 by William H. Fitzgerald, MD. He was I an you were ENT. Say William H. Macy, and I was going to be like, I didn't know he was that old. <laughs> nope. He came and he claimed that applying pressure had an anesthetic effect on other areas mm-hmm. of the body. And then later, um, in the 30s and 40s, a woman named Eunice Ingham, she was a nurse and a physiotherapist. She claimed that feet and hands were especially sensitive, and she's the one mm-hmm. who actually mapped your entire body into reflexes on the feet, renaming it into zone therapy. And so if you've ever uh, seen the picture of like, yeah, yeah, I push on this part of your big toe and it helps your heart. This is your thyroid. Yeah. Yep. That is credited to Eunice Ingham. And, um, so that is actually what's considered like modern day reflexology. And there are all kinds of practitioners who will ask you if you have any sort of ailment and then they'll focus on specific parts of your feet in order to, you know, heal yourself. And here's the thing. The effectiveness is still a little bit up in the air. When, when science does their science, they're like, "Mm, we're not sure. But in Denmark, it's actually an extremely popular form of alternative medicine. Something like 10% mm. of the Danes are oh, the Danes into reflexology. Yeah. And um, for us, at least, I, I think it's important to just take care of your feet. Whether you believe in re- reflexology or not, mm-hmm. the average feet of a person's life walk about 40,000 miles. Jeez. And we... In our lifetimes. And we just, I don't think we spend enough time taking care of them, stretching Mm -hmm. them, babying Mm -hmm. them. We make them do a lot of stuff for us. Yoga toes, toe stretchers, Mm -hmm. daily. Yes. And that actually leads me to a thank you, a public thank you. When your sister was here in town, Elizabeth commented that my toes have really nice spaces. And I wanted to say... Thank you so much. Okay, brag. And also shout out to Yoga Toes because we have these Yoga Toe stretchers that I use almost every day. (laughs) Religiously. Y'all, when Rebecca travels somewhere for two nights and can only bring like a tiny carry-on bag, she includes in it her Yoga Toe toe stretchers Mm -hmm. and a robe and a hair turban. This girl knows how to chillax to the max. You got to do it. Life is so stressful. And now I'm getting toe compliments, so I know it's working. (laughs) (laughs) Which actually brings me to the first point I thought of when you brought up reflexology is like, were we really, really missing out on not selling pictures of our feet when we could have earned money in college? You mean like like in a fetishy way? Like people would pay to like... Look yeah, at her toes. Like, apparently, you could make a lot of money letting people mm-hmm. look at your feet. And I don't really see anything wrong with that, but it still like squidges yeah. me out a little bit. And I don't really know why. I'm like, did I really miss the boat on this? Well, first of all, we still have both our feet. So we yeah, have four mine's feet. got a bunion now. Maybe people are into it. Probably some, but that squidges me out more. You know, we could set up an OnlyFans account. Just for our feet. Yeah, feet fans. Yeah, there are people who will pay to, like, video with your feet. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I don't know if we missed it so much as we just like lucked out and avoided it. I mean, for me personally, it's just not. <laughs> it's not. That's up there with like donating. I didn't my need eggs it bad enough. I yeah. didn't need it bad enough. Yeah. yeah, like I'm lucky enough that I didn't get to the point where I actually did a feet fans page, nor did I have to sell my eggs, which was like definitely a thing I thought about for a few weeks one semester. I very much thought about donating my eggs. You could make more money for being tall and having a high SAT score. Mm -hmm. So I really thought that was a great idea. But I was still like um, buying into some of the sort of um, societal norms about like, but then there might be your baby might be walking around out there and you wouldn't even know. And I'm like, that wouldn't have been my baby. Like biologically. That's yes, funny. Yeah. That didn't yeah. stop me. It was the fact that you had to take all these like hormones and it was, un- oh, it was like hormones. painful. Yeah. I was like, but now oh, I'm busy. We know so we know so many people who have done that and they were fine, like for their yeah. own IVF and right. everything. Right. 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 Yeah, I also and and the feet thing. I have like the tiniest little pinky toes you've ever seen. So I just assume I my know. feet weren't like weren't like Somebody's ready for, friend, for feet fans. Somebody's gonna love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're gonna love all the spaces in between these toes. Yeah. Anyway, I met someone on Tinder or something one time that that tried to get me to just like he was like I'll just like you can come over and I'll just give you a foot massage. And I, w- I would love a foot massage. Like I really, my mm-hmm. feet always hurt. Mm-hmm. I would love a free foot massage, but I just couldn't do it. I just, Here's I the thing. Like, there has to, that's because it is like kind of, we know that that person's getting some sort of sexual gratification from it. <sighs> I just like when it's the same thing with a massage for me. Like I need to trust and know that like when I'm going to get a massage, it's from a like licensed provider who is there to help me like be healthy and there's no yeah. there's like nothing some, someone who's like, taken basically yeah. a, a hippocratic oath of some kind exactly like they're, they're exactly. not gonna like eventually there's like, nothing handcuff me to the chair exactly. or like pull out their genitals yeah i don't please no keep those genitals no. away so so yeah, anyway yeah this okay you ended up pulling it into the gutter it was not meant to go here I'm but we so did it and you, you were like is it a fetish thing and i said no, no. and then no, no, no. every Bring turn rachel's like you know what Bring people us back, like Rebecca. Bring us back. we're supposed to be a team here bring us back <laughs> <laughs> i was just talking about pretty feet i don't know where I you were know. reflexology <laughs> well i can bring us back a little bit so you you mentioned that it's like a pseudoscience and the yes. one thing i will say that you love hearing me say is one medical principle we are sure of that is extremely well documented, it is scientific, is the placebo effect. Yes. So it it is well documented across every form of science and medicine that when people believe a treatment is going to help them, it may actually help them in Mm -hmm. ways that science can't or medicine can't exactly explain. So even if reflexology is a quote unquote pseudoscience, if there are people saying, when you push this part of my foot, it fixes my thyroid symptoms or whatever. Right. Great. Let's keep doing that. Right. Push it. Push that part of the person's foot. Yeah. If that works for them. And that might be, and I think that's where um, the convergent evolution part is so fascinating to me because it's not, oh, who's to say what the hieroglyphs, the hieroglyphs didn't have a chart to like push your big yeah. toe, fix your lung. That but was pretty rude of the Egyptians not to include It would have been but. helpful if they had, yeah. but in any case, they were, they were too busy having aliens build their pyramids. But <laughs> what's, what is interesting, what is good is like, and this is actually something that one of the massage therapists that Rachel and I both really like said to me once, which is mm. it, if it feels good. It probably is good for you. Yeah. And so having your feet rubbed, even you rubbing it yourself, it's one of the body parts that you actually can relax and like massage yourself. It's it, it feels good. It is good. Yeah. Put your fingers, put your hand fingers in between your toes and just spread oh, them out. Yeah. It feels so good. Everyone listening right now, if you're not driving, take off your yeah. shoe, put your fingers between your foot fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically many foreign languages besides English don't have a separate word for toes. It's just foot fingers. So a lot of non-native English speakers will call your toes foot fingers. 
put your fingers right between your foot fingers and see <laughs> if you're able to or whether that causes you pain. If it causes you pain, you might could benefit from a product called yoga toes or toe spreaders or toe spacers, something mm-hmm. that you could just spend like five to 10 minutes a day putting in between there to help work on your, your toe spread. It's good for your arch. And who mm-hmm. knows what else it's good for? Reflexology. It's also helpful if you're giving yourself a pedicure. It is also helpful for painting the toenails, for painting the piggies. Two for one. Yeah, two, two for, for one. It's a paint in the piggies twofer. So yep. that's my hot top, right? I love your hot top. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I think that that is actually a really good lead into mine because, <gasps> um, you know, I'm always looking for ways that our hot tops connect. <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost Valentine's Day, which is a time when many people are thinking about love and well-being. Maybe you're getting a pedicure. Maybe you're getting a massage. And maybe you are thinking about what is platonic love? How mm. is it different from romantic love? And how is it different from being, quote unquote, just friends? I am thinking about that. I'm thinking about it all the time. <laughs> okay. So as as you listeners know, Rebecca and I are platonic life partners. And I did a little deep dive into what people mean when they say platonic love for Valentine's Day. Okay. So um, I am basing all of this mostly on an article from Psych Central from April 2022 called This is Platonic Love. It has the cutest picture of these two hijabi women hugging each other, which is probably why I was attracted to it. It's so cute. Mm. Starting us off here, does platonic mean just friends? No, it means more than that. (laughs) Okay, so platonic relationships are ones that are not romantic and they have no sexual features, but it means more than just friends. According to the ancient philosopher Plato, Plato, for whom the concept is named, this bond is a type of love experienced when we identify positive qualities we feel complete us within another person. Hmm. In other words, your platonic relationships are those close friends in life with whom you feel aligned and who have your trust, confidence, and loyalty. Uh, You can be just friends with a lot of people, but a platonic relationship, according to this article, is like finding a non-romantic soulmate. Hey, girl. I love that. Hi. Hi. (laughs) I liked this. Um, They they just dove a little bit deeper into what I think you and I already feel and experience, but maybe haven't fully, like, articulated to anyone besides ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Friendships can occur on many different levels, but but platonic friendships are deeper and may be made up of traits related to intimacy, like the same ones that in romantic relationships that encourage emotional support, caring, and empathy. So there's all these different analyses of platonic love, and they indicate that um, platonic love includes loyalty. Uh, like a sense of camaraderie and protectiveness of the other person. Mm-hmm. Understanding, knowing simply through your bond what the other person might need or expect. Mm-hmm. Trust, being mm-hmm. able to convi- confide in that person without doubt. They included acceptance twice, and I see this as both giving and receiving. So acceptance as in appreciation for the other person's genuine traits And also Mm -hmm. acceptance as in feeling able to be yourself around that person. Hmm. Companionship, which they define as a sense of comfort and security around one another. Enjoyment. I think we all know what that means. (laughs) Um, But they define it as being together is a positive, happy, and enriching experience. Um, Growth. Encouraging and helping one another towards positive life outcomes. Mm Mm-hmm gratitude, having a sense of appreciation for that person's presence in your life, and closeness, considering someone as if they were a member of your family, or even maybe more than a member of your family, like the same kind of closeness a person might have in a romantic bond, just in a non-romantic, non-sexual mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um, so I also like how this article really dives into what intimacy means as well. They say intimacy is about allowing yourself to be vulnerable with another person 
and it encompasses traits such as trust, security, and closeness. Intimacy, besides physical intimacy, could be emotional, intellectual, spiritual, and experiential. So I think when we hear the word intimacy, we often think about a physical bond, and it's just so, 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 so much more than that. Right. It's about sharing your deepest thoughts, feelings, and experiences, and when you have a platonic intimacy, it means that you have all of those same things just without the sexual or romantic side of it. Right. Um, platonic love requires routine maintenance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So just like a romantic and or sexual love might include all those kinds of intimacy but and require you to keep checking in with each other and like making sure that things are working. Platonic relationships can sometimes be the types of friendships where you only speak once a year and then you pick up where you left off and it just feels like you get each other and that's fine. I think you and I both have that with different people. Mm -hmm. And those types of low maintenance friendship can be comforting, but they still require attention. So if Mm -hmm. you have a platonic relationship, a a platonic, platonic friendship with someone that involves like a level of intimacy or love... You do have to keep it thriving through things like sharing equal responsibility for inviting each other to things, checking in with each other to see how you are, making an effort to be there as support if the other person expresses they're having a hard time, showing small acts of kindness, and letting them know that you're grateful for their inputs and their efforts in your platonic mm-hmm. love. Um. So there's this theory in psychology called social exchange theory, which we're not going to go into in depth, but basically social exchange theory suggests that as long as the benefits outweigh the risks or the negatives or the cons in a relationship, Mm -hmm. you're more likely to stick with it. And that does apply to platonic love as well. So Mm -hmm. there can be patterns of negative behaviors that stack up over time, or there can be a big fallout that ends a platonic love the same way that those can attend end a romantic love. So specifically for platonic love, um, they identified five things that are most likely to end that relationship. Uh, Ghosting. So mm-hmm. I've always only thought of ghosting as like literally never speaking to someone again, but they define this as like ghosting habits where conversation, mm. uh, friendship responsibility falls solely on one person. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. You know, which that then right? leads to like probably actual ghosting is you're just right. like, I'm done. Yeah. 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 Where you feel like you're like, I keep inviting this person to do things. They never invite me to do things. Another Mm -hmm. one is um, breaching boundaries. Fanaticism, which I thought was interesting. It was like having a really hot topic moral debate and not being able to consider outside opinions can really Uh end platonic love relationships. Mm -hmm. Many platonic love relationships end because of introducing sexual aspects into the relationship. So people who had a really strong intimacy and were of the gender that they assumed they should be also sexually attracted to each other because of their gender identities and sexual identities, many times like a really strong platonic bond can be ended because you're like, well, we love each other in these ways. We're intimate in these ways. Let's try having a sexual relationship. And And then it ruined it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It can. Yeah. Hmm. Um, And also having an overly vulnerable friendship where you feel so close to someone um, and almost like they're your therapist and they don't Mm. return that feeling to you in the same way. Oh, okay. So like an, like an unrequited or like an unbalanced platonic love. Got it. Like you're in platonic love and they're in platonic like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The intimacy Mm. is more one way than the other. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the sort of um, conclusion of this article was that platonic love is real. It's the love you grow for someone who compliments you in a non-romantic way. And that is my hot top for Valentine's Day. And 
That's why you can now open the little um, bowl I gave you of gifts. <gasps> oh, y'all! Before we started recording, I gave Rebecca a little bowl. And let me just describe because I don't know if Rachel did this on purpose, <laughs> but the um, it's like a the saran wrap cover is like cute little flowers, and it is pink and red, and the bowl <laughs> yeah. is red. I know I did pick Valentine's color. Did do it, yeah. It's like, oh, chocolate. It's chocolate. Oh, you get me. I got you some Valentine's <laughs> chocolates. I try to pick the kinds that you like the most. Slash, mm, you I also great. really like. So there's some Reese's peanut butter hearts. Mm-hmm. And some Dove chocolate caramels. Oh, my God. Caramel. Fancy. Yeah. I know you like caramel. I like caramel, too. Oh, T2. B2. I don't think we've told them that, Pamela. Oh, well, we should because otherwise they don't know what we just did with these noises. <laughs> so... Rachel, one of her nephews, little sweet baby Dominic, at some point she was visiting him and he was at the age where he was still like, he would say words that, that was like trying on thank you, but he couldn't quite get all of the consonants out. So he would say, teach you. And, um, Rachel came home and shared it. It was so sweet. We now say it years later. Dominic, I'm certain says thank you. Yeah. And probably says more than that. And, um, it developed. So now we still say it. I can't wait until an older Dominic comes to visit us and we teach him about T2. T2. And for some reason during the pandemic, the response to T2 evolved into B2. Just between me and Rebecca, not with the children, just with us as adults. And we we do not have any justification or reason Mm -hmm. for that, but it is it did feel right. (laughs) I just ate one of those Reese's heart blobs. Like because they don't look like a heart. Let's just be no, honest. Especially in the tropics, they don't look like a heart. I feel They're like melty. I feel like they do this shit on purpose. Those Reese's holiday shapes never look mm-hmm. like an actual shape. They're like intentionally blobby, but they taste amazing. Mm. So amazing. I think basically, I wonder if they were like, you know how jelly beans, when they have misshaped ones, they call them belly flops and they mm. sell them in their gift shop. I did not so know about that. So cute. I wonder if these were belly flops. No. But they were like, you know what? We're going to market them as heart-shaped Valentine's. They're like, Reese's peanut butter cups are so effing good. It does Mm. not matter what shape you put them in. Mm -mm. People will buy Mm -mm. it. And someone was like, are you sure? And they were like, try it. Sell that weird-ass shape and call it a heart. I'm going to prove it. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. They're almost foot-shaped. Bringing it all the way back. They're kind of footly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. All of this, l- dear listeners, is also meant to encourage you to think about why are platonic love relationships given fewer societal points than romantic love? Why do we just mostly focus on people who are in committed romantic partnerships and put so little emphasis on developing platonic intimacy i think Mm -hmm. it's probably the answer is just patriarchy but like it could be more than that and um which which horrible system started dismantling the idea of community and try to like push people into nuclear families to like isolate people was it just the patriarchy Patriarchy and well and um was it white supremacist thinking yeah 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 yeah. exactly yeah Yeah, white supremacy was like so thanks yeah Thanks. Exactly. Because <laughs> it was like, we can't let, what, well, if people are allowed to just, if we're going to celebrate people developing non-romantic intimacy with each other, what will we do if white men are cut out of the equation? Mm-hmm. We'll be ruined. Yeah, what do we do if people don't love straight white men? Yeah. So we'll make it so that they're all worshipped. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, joke's on them. Because we found a way around that. Yeah. Under the sea is where we found it. Under the sea. Oh, gosh. Everybody, just go under the sea if you can. Yeah. Put your fingers between your finger. What is it? Your Your foot foot fingers. fingers. Put your hand fingers between your foot fingers. Spread them right out. And then go under the sea with your platonic life partner. Cannonball into the ocean with your platonic (laughs) life partner. And then tell us about it. 
Please, please do. We want to know if you have any Ugh. hot top suggestions or if you want to submit your own response to something Ugh. like the crazy thing I just said to you. Call or text because <laughs> you probably know us or email us at schmodcastthepodcast at gmail.com or find us at schmodcastthepodcast on Instagram. Yeah. And one more quick little outro. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, that's cool. I'm so sorry. I love it. No, it's perfect. Um, we'll just use as one little final outro. I, I was going to ask you to share a Valentine's Day poem or something mm. you might find on a Valentine's Day card, but we can also just look at these Dove chocolates I gave to you and see if they have, I think they're basically like candy hearts and they have cute little, mine says XOXO on it. Mine says love you. Ah! And my, my kid Valentine for you was... Roses are red, mm -hmm. violets are blue. Mm -hmm. I think you're cool. Let's go to the pool. <laughs> that was good, right? It's so bad. No, it's good. Did you write it? Yeah, I came up with that for you. You wrote it so for it's me. Not bad. Just now. Okay, then it's excellent. It. It's excellent. Thank, thank you for not shitting on it. I didn't shit on it. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. I loved it. Did you have one? No, I was going to surprise you with these little dove chocolates. Oh, my God. No, this this is better than a poem. It's a mouth poem. Yeah, it's a mouth poem in your mouth. This makes me wish that I could just um, spontaneously recite my favorite poem, mm. which it's Pablo Neruda. It's mm. sonnet number 20, I believe. You know what we're going to do? It was made famous in Robin Williams' portrayal of Patch Adams. So we're going to hang we're going to hang up on our little call right now. And I'm going to mm -hmm. go get our book of Pablo Neruda love sonnets off of the altar. And we're going to yep. do a separate recording and we're going to end this episode with Rebecca reading you all Pablo Neruda love sonnet number 22. Probably 20. Tw number 20. Or 17. It's, it's the one, one of those numbers. The one from Dead Poet Society. The one Patch Adams from Patch Adams. And I'm going to read it so good. The one, the one from There's Something About Mary. The one from, the one from Goodwill Hunting. That's what I was thinking of. Yep. That's the one. Oh. The one. Okay. Okay, Captain, my captain. Beep, bop, boop, bop, beep, beep, boop. Boop, beep, bop, bop. I do not love you as if you were salt rose or topaz or the arrow of carnations the fire shoots off. I love you as certain dark things are to be loved, in secret, between the shadow and the soul. I love you as the plant that never blooms, but carries in itself the light of hidden flowers. Thanks to your love, a certain solid fragrance, risen from the earth, lives darkly in my body. I love you without knowing how, or when, or from where. I love you straightforwardly, without complexities or pride. So I love you because I know no other way than this. Where I does not exist, nor you. So close that your hand on my chest is my hand. So close that your eyes close as I fall asleep. This has been a Rebetchel production. Proud sponsors of Rebetchel B-Day Extravaganza. Oops, I messed up. Let's try again. Now go. Doing.